Hi, and Hi. welcome uh, to Dark Alignment. I am Brittany. And I'm Amy, and also a Rika Rose. Yeah, and here we are once again for a new episode. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, if it's your first time, welcome. If you're a returning guest, we love you for it. <laughs> uh, but we are a true crime plus astrology podcast. Two good things together. Two things. You hear them and you're like, that doesn't make sense. And then we put it together and you're like, whoa, that's fucking that's, cool. Yeah. I like it. So <laughs> welcome, everybody. Um, so be sure to subscribe. Click the, is it a bell? There's a bell. Ring, ring there's the a bell. like button. There's a bell. And there's a subscribe. And you can do all of them. You can really do all three. You can I do mean, all of them. You don't have to pick one. Mm -hmm. You can do it all. So also... We are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We are Dark Alignment there. On Instagram, we are Dark at Dark Alignment. Um, we had a weird thing happen yeah, that the was other really day. Fun. That was Actually, really fun, guys. Was that yesterday? Uh, I don't know my days Last anymore. Night, I, we don't know what day it is. Um, <laughs> we are recording in the evening, actually. We've been doing mornings, and it mm -hmm. is evening time. Nice so. Evening. so there's that to note. Um, but we had something weird happen on our Instagram where I <laughs> saw there was a bunch of, like, things I was tagged She in. got a bunch of notifications. I had my notifications, like, turned off, so I didn't <sighs> see them in time. But she saw them, and she messaged me. So my phone went crazy, and somebody tried to steal our Instagram page. It was <laughs> super weird. Like, they even tagged us in it and, like, tried It's to... like they took... There must be an app. I don't, like, look into this stuff, <laughs> you know? There must be an app where it can, like read all the data from a page and then make another one like a duplicate it was literally copied like every yeah. post was copied word for word they reposted our <laughs> pictures our hashtags yeah. our emojis it was everything was exactly the same except they didn't do get the igtv posts i don't think oh okay because i guess that's not not easy to do you know, know you can't just duplicate that with a an app. I don't, I don't really know if you can or not, mm -hmm. but it was really weird. So watch out for that. We are just at dark alignment. So if it's anything <laughs> other than that, it's not us. So be wary. It's mm -hmm. the weirdest Their account thing. has been taken down. Yes. It was, it yes. was, if anything, kind of funny, but, um, so wild. They don't, y'all don't need to be doing that. Somebody had too much time on their hands. Okay. For real. If somebody yeah. hand typed that shit, <laughs> that's way too much time. I'm jealous yeah. of the the spare time. I, yeah, I wish I had that for spare time. We do not. So <laughs> watch for imposters. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for their tricks. Uh, so us personally on mm -hmm. Instagram, I am at Brit underscore Oakley. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm at Aruka Rose. Yes. And we'll have that in the description below. It's going to be... Along with our Instagram link for Dark Alignment. Yes. And our Patreon. Patreon. Mm -hmm. So we have a we have an idea. We've been getting lots of requests uh, to expand mm -hmm. our platform. So we are looking to moving to other places, and Patreon would help us to accomplish some of those mm -hmm. goals. So um, we would appreciate any help or support. But we're just glad you're here. So if you just want to hang out with us mm -hmm. and go on the ride, we're gonna eventually be on all the platforms. Guys. I mean, one day <laughs> when we really get our lives together, we're gonna be <laughs> in so many platforms. You're gonna be like. Could you, could you be could anywhere you, else? Could you stop? Could you stop? You're gonna, <laughs> you know, there's like, I pictured the <laughs> gas station TVs that they have at the really oh nice God. gas stations. Yes. What if it was just us there? It's the gonna be time. us at the gas station. You're yeah. gonna get this content everywhere you turn. Oh my God. Pumping gas. And she Can't. was, she was stabbed seven times mm -hmm. and she was a Leo and. <laughs> she was a Leo. Um. Uh, <laughs> 
episode. Trigger warning, right at yes, the top. Absolutely. We are dealing with some pretty sensitive content this week. I know last week we talked about um, a really popular murder case where we talked about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Dee Dee Blanchard and kind of their relationship in a dual chart reading, mm-hmm. which was super, super cool. We are taking it a little back. We're doing kind of like a vintage crime here. We are going to be exploring Diane Downs. So, for those of you who have not heard of her, I'm going to kind of run through her claims to fame, if you will. Like, I I can't come up with a better term for that, but um, the crime she committed was in 1983. So, we're going back to the 80s. We're getting vintage. Um, She was known as a child killer. So, she uh, murdered one of her children, and then she attempted to murder the other two. So, um... There were a lot of, uh, this This was a highly sensationalized crime. Mm-hmm. The 80s, people had not seen, I mean, really the exposure that this I mean, crime got. Right, yeah. And a mother killing her children is, it defies everything we know mm-hmm. when we think of a mother. It defies logic mm-hmm. and uh, kind of our capacity to imagine that. It's, it's just unreal. Um, I think... In today's world, unfortunately, we have a lot more exposure to crimes like that. We hear about yeah. it a lot more because um, just all the different media platforms that exist mm-hmm. now that didn't exist in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And also what they would have covered on the news in the 80s is right. probably quite different than now. Yeah. So. Very true. Um, so this sparked a lot of uh, interesting media frenzies. One of them being a book by the infamous true crime author and rule there's a book there is a book it's called small sacrifices so wow. it is based on the crime um it's a good name another thing about Anne rule uh mm-hmm. you may have heard her name before you may have not um if you're in a true crime you probably have because she actually is the one who wrote a stranger beside me which is the book based on ted bundy who she oh. knew personally Okay. So that was a really, um, that's an incredible story, her, her concept of like everything with wow. her interactions with Ted Bundy and while the crimes were being committed mm-hmm. and she was writing this book and really? the stranger was literally beside her, like literally she had a personal friendship with him and was just as shocked as everyone else. And yeah, she needed to write that book. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> Anne Rule, fantastic writer, uh, but this book, Small Sacrifices, turned into a made-for-TV movie. And guess who played Diane Downs? I don't know. I want you to think '80s. I want you to think feather hair. I, I want remember you to think nobody's blonde. name ever. Farrah Fawcett. Oh wow! So heavy hitter, <laughs> heavy hitter, Farrah Fawcett. Um, so it's a good one. It's it's. I've watched a few minutes of it. It's it's very cheesy. I was just kind of really? trying to get a feel for it. Yeah. It's very '80s. Okay. Um, so good stuff on that. So it, this became pretty popular mm-hmm. with just how wild the story was. So let's kind of get into Diane Downs and like the nitty gritty. So she was born uh, August 7th, 1955 in Mm -hmm. Phoenix, Arizona. We have a birth time. I'm so excited. I'm so spoiled. What is the birth time? I have her birth time is 7.35 p.m. Okay. I have a solid location. I have a solid time. I have, it's just great. This is exciting for us. We've had we have not had the best of luck. I mean, I can times. do with a partial chart, but like this is much better. So we have that means we have houses. Is we have houses. Okay, that's um, the big. We have a vertex. We have, mm-hmm. um, like more defined aspects. It's great. 
Okay, so <laughs> chart reading is going to be fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's up with Diane? What's her deal? Mm-hmm. She is a divorced postal worker. So she's delivering mail, okay. doing her thing. Um, there's not a lot of information out there that I could find about her childhood. Mm-hmm. It all kind of is focused around this crime. Yeah. Um, I think in the 80s it was one of those things that people were so obsessed with the act that she committed that they weren't really too concerned about the things leading up to it and like yeah. who she was and how she was raised. I don't think that was really kind of in the forefront. So couldn't find a lot of info other than she went to school in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, she was enrolled at the Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College. Whoa. That's a mouthful. In Orange, California. Uh, but she was expelled after only one year for promiscuous behavior. <laughs> and she soon returned to her parents' house in Arizona. So, so okay, so what kind of school is this again that you said? Okay, let me read it. We're done. Okay. Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College. Okay. I have a fun idea off that. Go ahead. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay, we're going to be really uh, hitting hard on the Bible college situation. <laughs> so we're going to jump straight into where this bitch has lost it is kind of where we're going. So we're going mm-hmm. from zero to 60 in this story. Um, so when Diane was 27 years old, she's a single mom. She has three small children. Okay. So she has Christy, who's eight. Okay. Cheryl is seven. Okay. And little Danny is three years old. So... May 19th, they get to the hospital. Cheryl is dead on arrival. Danny and Christy have both been shot at close range, and they are completely covered in blood in Mm. Diane's car, and she takes them to the emergency room. So she shows up at a hospital in Springfield, Oregon at 10.48 p.m. Immediately, I mean, this is a panic situation. You have, I can't even imagine... How, what that scene was of her yeah. arriving, and there's three just children that are severely injured. They they started working on Danny right away, Danny and Christy, because Cheryl was dead on arrival. Yeah. Um, but the other two, they were frantically working to try to save them. Wow. Um, the police arrived on scene at the ER to investigate the homicide of Cheryl because mm-hmm. we've already got a homicide. Yeah. Um, Danny was shot in the back, and Christy was shot oh twice God. in the chest. Twice. So, oh um, and, and all of this, what's Diane up to? Meanwhile, what's she doing with her three children? You know, children? like, like a mother who just had her children, uh, in the hospital, yeah. you know, you would assume like devastated, mm-hmm. uh, scared, uh, were, you know, all of those things. Uh, so let's, let's crying. So, <laughs> so Diane, she also has a wound. She has a superficial oh, no. gunshot wound on her left forearm. Okay. So she's got, she has an injury. but An it's, injury that a regular mother would completely overlook when her children are dying. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so her story is fucking bullshit. So let's <laughs> talk about that. Okay. Um, she says she was visiting a friend that evening, mm-hmm. and uh, she had her kids with her, and they had, of course, because she was a single mom. Yeah. Um, so they were heading home after it got dark, and according to Diane, the kids fell asleep, and for some fucking weird-ass reason, she decides to take a back road, and mm-hmm. claims it was like a thing that they loved. 
Like, she... she I, they love when they fall asleep and I take a back road. And, I mean, like, I was... When I was watching this, I, this is what I wrote down. What the fuck is she even saying? Why do your sleeping children love unfamiliar, desolate back roads so much? They fucking don't. Like, no kid is like... And this is in the evening, right? Yes, this is like... You're not gonna see, like, a nice view or anything. It's pitch black and yeah. gravel and they're fucking passed out. They're not gonna see anything anyway. According to her, they're asleep, so what? Yeah. So, I don't know what that story, and apparently she was rocking the fuck out to a song. While they're asleep. By Duran Duran. Oh. Called Hungry Like a Wolf. So, I made it, I've been, before we started recording, (laughs) I forced Amy to listen to this song. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't tell her why. (laughs) And so, she's been listening to the song, um, with me, called Hungry Like a Wolf by Duran Duran, because that is the song that Diane was listening to. At the time. Really really good pump-up music. Yeah, it really pumps up the jam. (laughs) Um, We're going to listen to it at at one point in here. We're going to play a clip for you. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way to do it where there's no copyright issues. (gasps) Oh, we should even... We don't want to get in trouble for playing (laughs) any songs. I could could sing it for you. No, PewDiePie has gotten in trouble for singing music on his... Like, he, they've, he's gotten copyright claims for singing music on his thing. I mean, he's a huge channel. I don't think anyone would notice this that quickly, but eventually it would get copyright strike. We're not trying we to risk We could put a lives. link to the song okay. in the description. Ooh, that's yeah. what we'll do so you can listen to the whole song, or you may already know the song. Um, I didn't realize I, I really knew it that well until I listened to it in its entirety, yeah. and I was like, oh, I've heard this song. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll, it's, you'll recognize it from, like, 80s movies. It's yeah, very... Yeah, you just know it. It's, it's one of the songs that most people just know. It's catchy. Yeah. So she's rocking the fuck out, and her okay. story is, I'm driving down this road, my kids are asleep, and there's a, she said a bushy-haired stranger <laughs> flagged her down on the road, and she was like, I'm totally stopping, because that's what you fucking do. When you're on a desolate back road, you see a hairy with your man. Children. With your children. With your children, and he wants you to stop, so, you, I mean, obviously you're going to see what's up, right? Uh, I know that hitchhiking Bullshit. was, like, more accepted back then, probably, than now, but, like, I just, <sighs> it seems wrong still. I'm sorry, as a, as a woman, I'm never pulling my car over for no. fucking anybody. I would call no. for help. Mm-hmm. I'm not pulling my car over, yeah. especially if I had children in yep. the vehicle and no mm-hmm. way to protect myself. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm on a weird, desolate back road. I don't, yeah. I don't want to see anybody on the side of the road. I'm, yep. I'm running away. Yep. Um, 100%. So, like, I guess she's like, cool, there's a creeper in the night. I better stop and talk to him because that's normal. Um, she says she turned her engine off. Not just like rolled down her window. She's oh my, saying she oh turned the engine of the car off Why? to see what he wanted. And okay. um, he wanted her car. So she then claims that he pushed her aside, mm-hmm. shot her three children within five to ten seconds, and then she claims that she pretended to throw her car keys into a field to distract him. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's her story. Um, she says she pushes him away and jumps in the car and heads to the hospital because she's a fucking hero. So, like, that's how she recounts the story. And every time she talks about it, I've seen numerous interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, she is so detached. Mm -hmm. She shows no sign of emotion. And she is literally, I'm not kidding, describing in vivid detail the sounds of her children dying. 
she she makes reference to the way the gurgling noises sounded. I mean, she's talking like the parts that she probably actually did witness were very uh, vivid, and then the parts that are make believe are kind of like just cold. Oh no, no, like, they're, they're like awful. The whole thing no, is like cold. she's talking, and she's like, Man. and then I could hear her gurgling back there, and she's just I mean, it, it is so dead Whoa. behind the eyes. She is recounting it like she's telling you her grocery list. Like it's fucked. Wow. It is so detached. It's super fucked up, and like, if, I, I just, I don't have kids, but if I were talking about any person that I witnessed yeah. in any sort of pain, or like a horrific situation, I would certainly have a lot of emotion. So mm-hmm. a mother not being, a, and I know that different yeah. people, people grieve very yes. differently. Yeah, people I, are going to process a traumatic yes. event extremely differently. But. But, I mean. I'm, her demeanor is a problem. Yeah. Like, this is right after. Like, I'd love to have someone who does, like, um, micro-expressions and facial recognition type of, like, things. Like, uh, like analyze her interviews. She does have a lot of formal diagnoses that we'll talk about okay. later. Um, because she has been very, very studied. Okay. Um, and she sure. loves talking about it. Oh, she fucking <laughs> lives for it, dude. Um, so now, this next section I am calling Hunting for the Roadside Creeper Ensues. So, they're taking her story. I like the word ensues. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love words. So, this is a whole thing where the police are taking her story. And even though they, they're like, okay, we, this demeanor, mm-hmm. something's off about this situation. Yeah. We still have to look into her story. Right. She's first-hand witness. You've got mm-hmm. little Danny who's so badly injured. He's only three. He can't talk about what happened. Mm. Um, and then you have Christy, who's eight, who's mm. also, she's so traumatized, she's been shot. Right. So you yeah, have right. two survivors. Both of those children do survive. Mm-hmm. And then you have little Cheryl, who didn't make it. So there are two witnesses, but they are yeah. unable to speak. So yeah. Diane is their only credible source, or right. credible, I'm using that yeah. term loosely, um, so they make a composite sketch based on Diane's shitty description of this hairy guy, and it's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, he's got some really sharp bangs and, like, sharp bangs. lots of layers going mm-hmm. on, and, uh, he's, he's got this nice, uh, double chin and, like, a five o'clock shadow. Wow. And Diane described him as a male in his mid to late 20s, but he... He fucking looks 40 in this picture, so, um, and he's got this, like, shoulder-length hair, scraggly beard, so are you ready to see? Yeah, I gotta see. This image. (laughs) Bam. Oh. Does that look like a guy in his 20s, too? Oh, not in his 20s, no. Yeah, that's her, this is her description. If you send me the picture, I can put it up there with everyone else, too. I'm totally going to. Um, it, it just, the picture is... The, I think the sharp bangs. Uh, did really, you like my description? Was really it fun. The sh- very very sharp bangs. I mean, those bangs could cut people. So. <laughs> and she said she, originally that it was a hairy man on the side of the road. Uh-huh. I mean, he's got hair, but uh, I don't know. It, he didn't look like the mountain man I envisioned. Right. I yeah exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, so, like, of course, people in town are terrified. They're mm-hmm. thinking there's a fucking madman mm-hmm. on the loose. Yeah. He's killing people's children, trying to carjack people. Um, so this was a big deal. And unfortunately for Diane, the police could see through her bullshit story. They knew yeah. something was up. She gave them bad vibes. Mm-hmm. And within four days of her daughter's death, 
She was assisting the police by reenacting what happened. And these reenactments are taped, and I have watched them. Whoa. Talk about some... Okay, so... It's fucked. I actually, to get myself in the mood, if you will, I watched those reenactments right before. uh, Yeah. Right before I came over to just kind of remind myself I've Mm -hmm. seen it, you know, before, but I want it to be really fresh, just kind of like her demeanor and everything. So... She was wearing a sling in in the uh, yeah in the tapes because she had been shot in the mm-hmm. arm. So she's wearing a sling um, from her gunshot scrape, and they keep referring to her as a victim in the clip, and it's mm-hmm. like really fucking gross. Ooh, yeah, uh, she's laughing, she's cutting up, she's fixing her makeup during this whole time. She is loving the attention she's loving it so fucking much she's not even trying to like be chill about it um so everyone starts to suspect her because she like keeps doing interviews um so she's creeping us all out like Mm -hmm. bitch stop it like you're (laughs) too much um this next section i have entitled audacity as fuck because holy shit so, Diane can't okay. keep her mouth shut about the crime to save her life. She loves talking about it. She loves talking about how she felt. She loves talking about how she's the hero of her story, how she overcame her attacker. Um, meanwhile, Danny is paralyzed from the chest down. Oh, my God. So, he's paraplegic. Yeah. Christy had a stroke from losing so much blood. Oh my God. Uh, she's unable to speak. Like I mentioned, both kids are witnesses to what actually yeah. happened, but neither of them can share that yeah. with anybody. And there's no murder weapon, no other witnesses, Mm -hmm. no motive, because the carjacking is a stupid fucking reason Mm -hmm. to shoot children, and and then on top of that, didn't even take the car. Yeah. Um, And if he had a weapon, really wanted the vehicle. But she just, you know, she threw the keys, and then she pushed him away. I forgot about that. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me of her incredible story. He's shooting his gun all over the place, but she just pushed him out of the way. And, like, the biggest issue people had is, like, people kept wondering, why the fuck did she stop for some weirdo on a country road in the middle of the night? Like, nothing makes... Yeah. Nothing makes any sense about it. Audacity as fuck. As fuck. Like, nothing makes sense about it. And, like, she's so dead behind the eyes when she talks about it. Like, that's the way I, like, one phrase I would describe her is dead behind the eyes. Like, there yeah. is just so much coldness. It's, it's I beyond. Have a, I haven't a thought about that. Ooh. Go ahead. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing our thoughts on that because <laughs> that's um, good stuff. And it's just, like, she even talks about it and says, like, if she had done it, why would she have left her witnesses alive to testify against her? That's literally what she said about it. And why would she... And she's like, I raced him to the hospital. Which, that's not fucking true. That's just her claim. Because a witness came forward and said, Diane was driving so slowly, his speedometer was barely moving when he was behind her. So, super fucked up. So she's like, driving slowly as her children are dying in the back seat. Which is like... That... So fucking horrible to even imagine. It's heartbreaking. It makes me want to cry. Um, And she also conveniently had a towel available for her gun scrape. Oh, my God. It was neatly wrapped around her arm. Like, she spent Mm. fucking time on it. Meanwhile, her Her children have... dying, gurgling, what she, like she said. And they have received absolutely no first aid. None. I can't believe it. None. She had this towel, and instead of, like, using it to try to stop the bleeding 
from her children. She wraps her little fucking scrape. As a mother, I don't feel like that makes sense. That seems like there was no sense of urgency. Like, what the fucking fuck, Diane? What the shit is happening? Um, So one of the interviews she did was absolutely beyond. I um, am going to quote her. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Everybody says, you sure were lucky. Well, I don't feel very lucky. I couldn't tie my damn shoes for about two months. And then she goes on, like, cackling and laughing um, and complaining about the scar on her arm and how it was just, it was such a bad night oh for God. her. I feel so bad. Um, then she goes on to say that she thinks her kids were lucky. And then she says, if I had been shot the way they were, we would have all died. <laughs> um, what is excuse that? Excuse me, bitch? Because that... then she couldn't have been the hero. I mean... If she had had a more serious injury, oh. well, they just would have all died. Are you fucking serious? That's awful. Yeah, so um, she has no remorse, and more than anything, she just like talks about how haunted that she's going to be for the rest of her life from this experience. Like, mm. And there's no evidence, really, um, of her being the killer. Police still can't find a gun. They don't really have a motive at this point. The gun was actually never recovered. So um, let's get to the fucking evidence. Are you ready? Yes. I'm taking notes while you do this. I'm cracking up at myself because I named this section. What did you name it? Dirty Diane's Dirty Diary. (laughs) Dirty, dirty, dirty. Dirty, so dirty. So dirty. I I can't even say it. Dirty Diane's. Dirty, Dirty diary. diary. So the police Dirty. finally find something that gives them a motive. Mm-hmm. Um, so they find her hot, steamy diary where she goes on and on about some guy named Nick. And Nick is spelled with a K. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about that. Oh, like just a K. <laughs> like I was going to say, K-N-I-C-K. K-N-I-C-K. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, starting <laughs> with a K. Nick with a K. Okay. okay. So like night, but Nick. K-N-I-C-K. Oh, I, I, I messed it up twice. All right. I got it. I, I was like, first, Nick with I'm going to draw it. We need a white We got, <laughs> we got N-I-C-K, and then uh-huh. you said it. I was thinking, okay, just a K. K-N-I-C-K. But K-N-I-C-K. K-Nick is his name. So, Diane. That's like putting, you know, I just had this idea. Natalie, but like with a G in front. Like uh, a Natalie. Natalie. Um, so, if you are having a child and you're considering naming Natalie, maybe put a G in the front. That's Natalie. hot tip. Hot tip from us about naming babies. Okay, go ahead. Um, and so, Diane's hot steamy diary okay. indicates just how thirsty she really is. Okay. Um, so, this guy, Nick, with a K. They used mm-hmm. to work together at the post office, but yes. there's a problem. Yeah. So Nick is married. Mm. Um, oh, well. Yeah, so he's not available. Uh, she wrote about him every single fucking day and how bad she wanted his attention. Uh, Nick didn't really like kids. Definitely didn't want to be a father to her kids. Mm-hmm. So when it came to getting that D, uh, she saw her kids as a burden. Like, they uh, they were yeah. the one thing In keeping the her In the from way. the relationship of her dreams oh, in God. Diane's mind. Mm. So once the police have this evidence, uh, Danny and Christy are immediately placed into foster care. So wow. 
neither of them are still able to speak about the crime at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny's so little. Christy's still very uh, traumatized. And she's partially paralyzed as well from her in- injuries. And, yeah. But police are still hopeful that when she gets healthy enough that maybe she's going to be able to testify. So they're really holding out hope, um, thinking that maybe that's a possibility at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally Diana's arrested about nine months after the shooting. Uh, she's charged with one count of murder. Two okay. counts of attempted murder, yeah. and then two counts of assault in the first degree. So, oh, wow. Diane pleads not guilty, and when she shows up in court, she drops a fucking bombshell. What? She's pregnant! Oh my god! Yay! I saw, I saw when I was looking up her info yes. that there were two other kids after this. So there's actually only one. Well, it said that one was like a surrogate thing, and then it said that one was one that she gave up for adoption. But I could double check because this thing also mm. gave me a different time for uh, the like, time she appeared at the hospital. So I could double check. So I've, I've seen interviews with the one okay. child. So I don't know about any surrogate situation. Doesn't I know, mean it didn't it, happen. I heard, I, I when know. I looked at it, the only, it said that the name for the kid that she had that was up for adoption was Amy Elizabeth. Yes, which is that was her original name. But as, that's, she changed her name once she was okay. adopted to Becky so Babcock. I, so we'll oh, talk about her. Okay. I've seen interviews with Becky, Rebecca. Well, we, I have a whole section about her, too. Okay. So, And then for the other kid that was the surrogate one, it just said private information. Huh. So I don't I know. I wonder what that is. That I might be like records that aren't. Yeah, available. I don't know. Maybe I don't know why on um, this site that it mentioned it. Huh. If you don't know about it, it I certainly like hasn't been like readily made available or publicized. But mm-hmm. that does not mean it didn't happen. I mean, Diane Downs is. You guys can figure it out. Y'all, if you are a sleuth. <laughs> please fucking give us some info. We would love to uh, feature it and fo- do a follow up where mm-hmm. we kind of you know recap. Yes. Any any hot info, any hot gossip. Hot gossip. Hot gossip. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. Where were we? Go ahead. Oh yes. Okay. Diane's pregnant. Mur, mur, mur. Um, <sighs> and of course, guess what? She, what's the first thing that that you would do if you were Diane Downs and you are pregnant? <laughs> Um, you're gonna have an interview. Oh, you're gonna oh, get it you out need, there. You need to, yeah. You the need to share that with need the world to know about you. Mm-hmm. They are dying to know your shit. So of course she has a fucking interview, <laughs> and she talks about why she got pregnant, which is the most disturbing quote. She says she misses her kids so much, and goes on to say, direct quote: "You can't replace children, but you can replace the effect that they give you. They give me love." They give me satisfaction. They give me stability, a reason to live, and a reason to be happy. And she finally ends her rant by saying, children are so easy to conceive. What a fucking bitch. There's so many things wrong with that. What a fucking bitch. Oh my God. Mm. So she wanted kids not to love them, because they, but for them they to love her. They create such a great uh, feeling for her. Yes. Yes, that is her whole reason, is she wants someone who, to love her. Um, so no one actually knows who fathered that child. Uh, she does give birth, as we mentioned. It's okay. a baby girl. All right. Um, but supposedly, rumor mill, hot goss. <laughs> That's my More favorite. Hot um, so supposedly she seduced a guy on her mail route by showing up with some whiskey and the promise of smashing. So 
I mean, she wasn't unattractive. So the guy was probably like, um, okay. Uh, yeah. The pregnancy was used as like a bartering tool for her during her trial. So the trial to end all trials. Cue the drama. Drama. So the tiny blood-soaked clothes from the children were shown to the jury. Oh so God. this was like really emotional well, trial. Well, you know, they got to get the effect across. Like They played Duran Duran's Hungry Like a Wolf for the jury to hear. Whoa. Uh, and that, of course that was playing in the car. And it was super gross because while the song is fucking playing in the courtroom, mm-hmm. Diane is... No! <laughs> she, she is jamming the fuck out. No. She is rubbing her stomach... And tapping her baby. foot. Yeah. She's getting it because she's a fucking monster. And the jury absolutely hated this bitch. Like, mm. I can't even imagine. Um, yeah. Finally, the room goes silent because nine-year-old, ooh, I have chills, nine-year-old Christy Downs enters the courtroom. Okay. She's a rock star. She gets on that stand, and when they ask her who shot her, she emotionally says, my mom. Oh, my God. Wow. Diane was blown away because she really thought her children were yeah. going to protect her. Yeah. She really, really... Because they love it. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the testimony completely seals her fate. June 17th, wow. 1984, Diane is found guilty. She is super pregnant at this point, too. Yeah. Like, about to pop. She gets a psychiatric evaluation um, after court, and she is diagnosed with three separate personality disorders. So I'm going to run through them very quickly. So narcissistic personality disorder. So she has an inflated sense of self and her own importance Mm -hmm. and a deep need for excessive attention, lack of empathy. Uh, She needs that admiration and validation Mm -hmm. all the time. Okay. She's diagnosed with histrionic personality disorder, which is one that mm-hmm. I was not super familiar with, had heard about it, but that was one I didn't know much about. It's like dramatizing things, right? It's a pattern of excessive attention-seeking emotions. Okay. It begins in early adulthood, typically. Um, it includes inappropriately seductive behavior yeah. and an excessive need for approval. So um, that's that's tough. And lastly, antisocial personality disorder, which mm-hmm. is being a sociopath, yeah. essentially. So just no regard for other people. It's real. That's a really... So this is our first confirmed sociopath yes. chart. Confirmed. Actually, I believe Eileen Warnos was oh, our really? first confirmed. She was confirmed? Too? Yes. Okay, I'll have to compare them later. Um, <laughs> that would be a really interesting comparison. Maybe um, make a video. <gasps> a video for <laughs> Patreon subscribers. <laughs> So they do consider her to be a sociopath, so she knows right from wrong, but she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. She has no ability to care about that, to empathize. Um, She still has no remorse. So the core feature is when you have a person that can't identify with another person's feelings. Mm -hmm. And Diane repeatedly displays herself in public, and it's obvious that she has no emotional connection to her kids at all. Like, aside from, like, the validation she gets from them, there's no connection. She's sentenced to life in prison, and her two surviving children are adopted. And they're adopted by the prosecutor, who helped send their shitty fucking mom away to rot in prison. Where she belongs, so. I mean, if you were wanting to adopt, and you were involved in that whole thing, like, it'd be hard not to. These two precious little children who are permanently disabled. Wow. Um, with this monster of a mother. So they were adopted. I thought that was a really touching yeah. part of the story. Um, but what about baby number four that we mentioned earlier? 
baby Rebecca. So, Diane publicly protested uh, people taking her child away, you mm-hmm. know, when she's pregnant. But the court says, nah, bitch, we taking your baby because you're yeah. shitty mom. Yeah, so, you can't. So, let's talk about her birth experience. Okay. I mean, she couldn't have had the baby around much anyway if she was in prison. Exactly. Um, but she's taken to the hospital, and she is shackled to the bed, okay. and they induce her labor. So she gives birth uh, 10 days after she's convicted. Whoa. That's how pregnant she was. Whoa. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> and uh, baby Rebecca is born. They take the child from her immediately, June 27th, 1984. Diane named her, as you mentioned, Amy Elizabeth. Me and my sister's names. Yes. <laughs> Yep. Um, and then Diane is, like, back in jail within hours. So, right after wow. giving birth, we're like, let's get this baby out yeah. of this monster. And wow. let's send that fucking monster back to jail. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as an adult, Becky Babcock mm-hmm. found out that Diane Downs was her mother when she was 11 years old. Whoa. Yeah. That's got to be crazy. The interviews, it's so powerful to hear her tell her story Mm -hmm. about what that experience was like, like finding out that she Mm -hmm. came from this woman. Yeah. And she was really curious about Diane. Um, She said that, like, watching the movie Small Sacrifices Mm -hmm. and, like, learning about it, that that was really difficult for her, that she felt like she was kind of, like, doing well. I mean, it's her siblings, like... She thought she she was doing pretty okay Mm -hmm. with it all until she, like, kind of got that personal connection. Yeah through the film um so it was really tough uh and like really became aware of like what her mother was and what that Mm -hmm. meant for her but in 2006 um becky decided to write diane a letter Mm -hmm. so she sends her mom a letter it's like hey i'm your daughter and explaining who she Mm -hmm. was and she sent a picture of herself and she got a letter back so becky had a lot of questions and she like wanted to know who her dad was and when she started asking Diane questions, like, they wrote back and forth, and she said that, like, the letters started to get really fucking weird. Like, there was yeah. no useful information in them at all, and it was just pages of rambling. Like, oh, really cool. fucking weird rambling. Yeah. And Diane was saying shit like, someone's been watching you all your life, and uh, that someone was trying to kill her. And what? Becky finally asked her to, like, stop writing. Yeah. And she gets a final letter from Diane, and Diane is accusing her of being a liar. So as soon as she's not getting what wow. she wants from yeah, her, then she's mad. yeah, yeah, she turns it around and starts like projecting. Great. So the whole thing was like a real mind fuck for Becky. Yeah. That's um, so... But she seems to be doing amazing, which is good for her, and she has a great mm-hmm. relationship with her adoptive parents. She seems good. to be really well adjusted, um, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Uh, incredible story has she met her siblings do we know i don't know about that Mm. it's figure it out guys guys do you know tell us um so now the diane so she's still in jail Mm -hmm. she continues to proclaim her innocence and of course do her favorite thing ever interviews interviews Uh, so um she wants parole and gets denied as fuck. Like, girl, no. Yeah, no. Uh, I think her only regret in the whole thing is getting caught. Yeah. Um, she won't give up her stupid, shitty story. Like, she's still telling her story. That there's a man out there that did all of this. Um, she's still held in a California prison today. She's going to be eligible for parole again 
in 2021, you guys. Whoa, that's she's so gonna be 65 years old. So thank God she she can't still have children. Yeah. Um, but they're just so easy. You guys, that's Diane Downs. Oh wow. Are we ready to chart it up? I can't wait to like hear something. I I feel like I've gotten a lot out of this chart. I'm really really excited. This is gonna be a good one. All right, it's chart time. All right. Chart time. It's charty chart. Charty, <laughs> charty chart corner. Do that. Okay. For Diane down. So there's a few, there's a lot of things I want to talk about and we'll see how much I get to. Let me start my timer here. Oh, we're uh, <laughs> getting our shit together with timers, you guys. Yeah. We're going to, we're trying to hit time marks. We're going to be punctual like for We're not you. good at it. We're showing up we're in a punctual way. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Okay. So, um, Diane Downs, uh, she is a Leo. She has a Leo stellium. This is a huge stellium for a chart. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven placements in Leo. Wow. Um, and one of those is an asteroid. So if, if you, y'all don't like asteroids, you're wrong. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, her moon is in Aries, and then her ascendant is Aquarius. Okay. Okay. Um, so one of the things, aside from the huge Leo stellium that we're going to have to reference many times, um, (sighs) her moon being in that placement in Aries, I thought was really interesting, uh, because there are some astrological serial killer researchers and things like that. I mean, not anyone, it's not their, it's not their primary, um, their primary uh, focus, but okay. they there are people that have posted like research they've done okay. on it on serial killers and astrology. So um, the most common um, placement out of many known serial killers for the moon to be is in her placement. Does that make sense? Did I yeah. word that well? Okay. Yeah. Well, is this that, that graph that we yeah. looked at it's earlier? Like, I showed her a whole graph. I saw a graph, you guys, and there were bar charts and, like, colors, and it was so, wild. What I'm looking, what I'm talking about is, it, in tropical astrology, there's something called decans, and so you split each sign up into three sections. Um, there's a similar thing in <laughs> Vedic astrology, where you're looking, those are called uh, nakshatras, and you are splitting them into three sections. And um, the first section of Aries is called, I might pronounce this wrong, but it's called Ashwini. I think you pronounced it perfectly. <laughs> Ashwini sounds I, exciting. It's, it's <laughs> A-S-H-W-I-N-I. If you want to look it up. I mean, yep. clearly. And it, <laughs> um, it really does embody like that uh, impulsive kind of like uh, mm. You know, don't quote me on all of this, but uh, more that really kind of aggressive side of, of Aries. There's, okay. Um, Fire. It's um, Aries moons in general are more common amongst the serial killer community. Community. Uh, they have their own communities. <laughs> but uh, this street. one is the the strongest point here. So I thought that was really interesting to see. Okay. Um. Mm. So there was a lot more though. So we got. What do I want to start, though? Like, she okay. is something else. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, so her Leo stellium is in the sixth house, um, exactly opposite her ascendant in Aquarius. Um, so already you can imagine a lot of ego issues here. So we, mm. we have a lot of uh, focus on wanting to um, be herself and be vibrant and be, like, exciting and get attention and 
Um, you know, a poor, poor issues in Leo can make you very egotistical, mm-hmm. um, very focused on yourself. Uh, it can bring out narcissistic tendencies and histrionic tendencies because it's, it's almost kind of like, life is like your play. Like, Ooh, she yeah. definitely embodied yeah. that um, for sure. And then, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing like, in contrast to her ascendant being in Aquarius, your ascendant is how you come off to people. Oh. It's your view on the world. It's your karmic lesson in this life. Okay. Um, so this is, I mean, my ascendant is in Aquarius. So I mean, and that's I'm not like gonna... a. Like a like a sort of a detached. It's a more detached um, placement. placement. Yeah. It can make you look see, come off cold. Okay. Um, but I know that's not necessarily mm-hmm. true for right. it, people. It, are... it can depend on a lot of things, but it's it's definitely an element that's going to play into it. Like so, if she's got all this Leo energy, which is the opposite, right? She's going to come off like kind of dramatic and like all of these things, and, and like, she does. Herself, but also, there's going to be a cold element, like you were saying. She just seems and that's how she comes off so, to other people. Yeah, is that mm-hmm. just dead behind the eyes, yes. totally detached. Yep. No emotional connection, mm-hmm. just that, oh, it's yes. it's so weird. Y'all, you really need to watch <laughs> just like a 10-second clip of her talking, and you will feel it right away. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's beyond. I also thought that it was interesting that her Leo stellium is in the sixth house, um, because the sixth house is, not, like I was saying, and I think in the last episode maybe, um, it's the house where you're supposed to be caring for oh, others. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the house where you are... Um, like nursing, you are uh, attention to being paying attention to detail. You're doing what do putting in the work. Um, it's also the house of enemies. It's huh. almost you know it's kind of like how that energy goes bad. Um, so she has a lot of um, a lot of energy in that house where it's focused on helping others, but also um, House of Enemies. And I thought that was just... Interesting. Very interesting with uh, her whole dynamic with that. And, and with um, her children and kind of how she viewed them. And then yeah. Like, yeah, that's... Uh, it's like she was there to serve them, but they were her enemies. Um, okay. Just, yeah. Wow. And Leo, Leo again, I mean... I actually haven't said this yet. So Leo is also um, about a lot about children. Like, really? Yeah, like I did Leo. Not know that. Leo is think like think abundance, the sun, um, ha- big happy family, having everything like you want, like the middle Leo's? of summer, like yeah. the peak of everything, like like uh, hmm. it, I think it's the ten of wands maybe on the tarot, and it just looks like you're walking into this huge celebration, like a feast in the middle of the summer, like it's just. Wow. That's kind of like it's like a summer block party that you got invited to, and it was a potluck. But that's like you, fucking and awesome. Life. You are the potluck of it's your dreams. Real, like, like, like I said in the last episode too. Like Leo, there's a lot of this romanticism of it mm. involved with it, and that's kind of part of you know, like you're you're imagining life is just this abundance, and anyway, it can be really mm. cheery placement for a lot of people. I mean, it sounds um, great in theory until it's it dying can go down. bad because it can turn toxic. Like, yeah. like you can be masculine, but you can be toxic. You can have toxic masculinity. Yes, yeah. you can. Don't um, do it. Yeah, so Stop like, it. you can be a really happy, great Leo, but it can get toxic where you're just very egocentric okay. and um, you got issues. Man. Sometimes you go too far. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, okay, so she also one of the things here amongst many things she has here. I won't go through all of them. Um, is her Vesta. And I've noticed when people have Vesta conjunct their sun sign, 
it makes them like very devoted to themselves. So she is her own first priority. So she's gonna have I like mean, other things going on. That can but, be like, positive. If though, she wants but... to do something and she feels like it, like she's gonna do make sure that happens first. Like that's <laughs> probably not that's the best a, way to be as a parent. And but... I've, I've seen other parents with this placement. I've seen a lot of other people with this placement, and it's not always toxic. Okay. You know, sometimes you know, especially if they have a partner who kind of puts themselves second a lot because they want to help other people so much and they have a hard time, like, self-care kind of thing. So maybe that person might be good for them because it shows them to help prioritize themselves. Ah, Uh, But that's not... It can can turn bad, like I'm saying. Um, So Mm. her being her first priority didn't... was obviously not good in this case here. Um, (sighs) We have, let's see, another opposition with her Chiron, um, which is conjunct... Folis, they're both in retrograde in the 12th house. Okay. So. Chiron pop quiz. Okay. Is that? Okay. Chiron. Yeah. Traumas. Your life traumas? Yeah. Right? Yes. yes. I'm uh, getting better. You're, you're good. Yes. Okay. Because oh in my God. mind, I'm like, that's her trauma. And that's then, her trauma. But I want to exactly. make sure I. Her emotional vulnerabilities. Okay. Um, this is something that you are usually, I mean, excuse me. This is something that you're supposed to overcome throughout your life. Um, I'm not sure how it's working out for her personally. I don't, you know, I haven't checked in. Um, but. <laughs> Honestly, fuck her, but sure. That's my She's also got Folis there. Do you remember, you have a, you have a Folis? No, okay. I don't remember. I'm failing this test. No, it's fine. You're, oh. you're doing great. You got kind. I can learn one a week. This week I'm learning Folis, and that's with a P-H, right? Yes. I know because. Wow. You've when got I get on my page. I get a daily, mm-hmm. um, astrology personal um, from I do name. daily astrology things. You can check it out on my Instagram. My I subscribe to it and it's fabulous. <laughs> um, so, and now I know how to spell Follis. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so this asteroid, Follis, is about uh, really taking something to the max. Like you can overdo something really easily wherever Follis is on your chart. It can be for good or for worse, depending on how it's expected and where it is. Okay. So with this being um, by her Chiron... Um, this is like, she is really tripping herself up. She's causing her own problems. She's taking things way too far, mm-hmm. uh, based off her trauma. Hello, interviews. Yep. Stop <laughs> it, bitch. <laughs> interviews and also, um, I'm emotionally hurt, um, and I want this. I'm my own first priority, um, so I'm going to kill my kids. Like, uh, that is her taking it too far geez. based off her own trauma. I did read that she was uh, emotionally ab- or abused she, as a child. There, there was an accusation of abuse. Okay. Um, but maybe I did make a note of that, that her father abused her when it she was 12 years old. It came up on that same old. site that I told yes, you Yes, she did make this claim. I, I'm sorry, I skipped over that You're i was good. really distracted by the pacific coast baptist bible college that she attended oh yeah and i asked you a question right then you're good um well the thing about the abuse was first so it was 100 me skipping something um i don't know but there's no like it doesn't say whether it's like verbal abuse mental abuse sexual abuse. Okay. Like, there's no specific general. just general okay. abuse so that could be a lot of different things we could yeah. speculate if we wanted to but right. i'd rather not i mean some I'm sort good of with that her perception was that she experienced some form of abuse and mm-hmm. as we know perception is reality so yeah. she believes she experienced mm-hmm. abuse then that is uh how she's gonna go through also life. i mean i think everyone we've touched on and so far i mean a lot of people who do awful things were had some kind of trauma that they're and you know what i have to say this but all of us have some sort of fucking trauma True. and a lot of i'm people, not defending her yes, yes. <laughs> i just i have to i have to hit on this 
because yeah. you know a lot of people have diagnostic um, the mm-hmm. same diagnosis that yeah. she has and they do not go on to commit these types of crimes. I'm glad you said and that. <laughs> I, it's really important to me that, you know, yeah. that's where a lot of the stigma yeah. about mental health comes into play is, mm-hmm. you know, people hearing these stories and hearing a diagnosis yeah. and attaching it to that and then being, you know, attributing that to other people True. that have the same diagnosis that never yes. go or have the same kind of trauma that never go on mm-hmm. to commit these unspeakable acts. So Right. Hooray for mental health. Thank you for saying that. Uh, it's, yes. We I would have worded something very poorly. <laughs> we all know I'm a very big advocate for mental health. I know mm-hmm. you are too. So yeah. it's, uh, we encourage any, any sort of, anything you can do to better your own life and your own mental health, fucking do it. Yes. Do it. Go self-care. Woo! Anyway, <laughs> on to the next thing. Okay. Uh, okay, so yeah, so her, um, she's really causing her own problems to the max. This is the kind of like what I think of, I think of Phyllis when it's going bad as like Seinfeld show, like I, I think I said that last time too, because he causes them, he causes his own problems the whole show, the whole fucking show, and I just can't stand to watch it. It's like, if you would just, I can't. All right, I don't want to dwell on Seinfeld, so... Um, I love it. It's like, that's what Follows could be. It can be really positive where you're, you know, really making something happen and doing something good for yourself. A lot of times you're tripping yourself up. So, um, this is her causing problems for herself based off her emotional trauma. Um, it's this reactive component really exacerbating the leostelium of self-prioritization. I've kind of already Mm -hmm. said that. Um, it is square Juno, which shows issues with marriage and commitment stemming from this. Um, so okay. some of that, like, issue with her and who she looks for, um, like, uh, what's his name? Nick. Nick with a K. Trying mm. to, she was really trying to marry him. And Nick, Nick is probably, you know, someone she... Know if, it doesn't even sound like a, they had an affair it's or, It's an like emotional a, conflict for her with someone who's already married. That's, sounds like Gina it was a lot fixation. about committed in marriage. That's just something that <laughs> might have been triggered as a transit during that time. Um... There's a lot of things that I could say. Uh, so she's probably, you know, I don't see her based off, unless she really resolves her traumas, I, I don't see her getting married. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know, just, just throwing out It sounds there. like she's picking unavailable partners. Yeah. And also people who she doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have any real love interest or, like, relationship with because there's no evidence that he was in a relationship with her. She was just obsessed with him right. and writing in her slutty diary about it. No slut shaming, also. Her dirty diary. Her dirty diary. Let's, dirty Diane's dirty diary. I'm not going to use that term. I'm not going to use the term slut in a negative way. So. Okay. So <laughs> with the, with her Chiron being in this placement, um, this is also her ascendant. So it's kind of like she's wearing her trauma like on her face. Like mm-hmm. it's like. Behind her dead it's eyes. It's part of her. It's it's such a huge part of her. It's in her. Mm-hmm. It's not in her first house, but it is in, it is uh, in her twelfth house, which is, makes it a very like mental self destruction thing. Um, Aquarius is a lot mm-hmm. about lack of acceptance. Uh, it can be you were different, weird. You know, a lot of people talk about how Aquarius is kind of quirky, kind of cold, okay. kind of kind of like kind of like a weird cat. You know, like just um, result. It. it can result as you. In a positive way, it could result as someone um, overcoming this and being an advocate for people with alternative alternative views and lifestyles. Um, Well, that's positive. So maybe she'll come out of prison and be like, hey, y'all need to be nice. (laughs) I don't Uh, really think 
think I, she's going to be concerned with anybody. I don't think herself. so either. Um, be nice to me they, is what she might be um, concerned with. Mm-hmm. Um, except, let's see, they need to accept that they're different um, and help others to do the same. Uh, health issue, it could involve health issues uh, with mm-hmm. the knees, ankles, and nerves. Um, oh. With this being in the 12th house, um, this is like your own mental prison type of thing. Like you are, you are causing yourself undoing a lot of self-destruction here. It's a lot of escapism. Um, maybe issues with God. A lot of, like she, you were saying she was mm-hmm. in, um, religious school. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's supposed to be an all feeling kind of compassionate place, but the 12th house, but with all her trauma there, not seeing it. Um, okay. you know, this is issues with tremendous grief, loss, feeling, um, it may have, I'm losing my place on my notes. Oh no. Um, may have felt like there was nothing to have faith in anymore. Um, it's like you lost your God early in life. Um, this can be a literal God figure or kind of like this spiritual sense of life. Um, like where the fuck did it all go wrong for this woman? Like somewhere along the way. Obviously she's got some problems. Shit hit the fan (laughs) somewhere. Um, yeah, you, she was married at one point. She did have get divorced, but it didn't work out. So yeah. it's like I don't know what really went on with that marriage, or how right. it ended, or why, or if that was mm-hmm. the trigger or the trauma or whatever yeah. that we're looking at. Don't really know how to identify that, but mm-hmm. it could be. Yeah, I mean, definitely stress on any kind of marriage or commitment with that Juno placement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're when you have a placement like this. If any of you have Chiron in this spot, uh, you're kind of looking to find an alternative spiritual healing. Um, it's helpful to for you to be with others and open up their eyes to this kind of universal order and alternative style of spirituality okay. and really being open-minded. Well, that sounds cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, with her... Yeah, with her, yeah. not so much, but in generally speaking, <laughs> yeah. you know, terms, that's yeah, that would be something great. That, so I, hate, I would just hate to talk about Chiron and not give people, like, a helpful tidbit. We need uh, those I'm tidbits. trying to be trying to be a little more positive for the uh, ast- astrologically challenged, mm-hmm. um, which I do somewhat fall into that category. I'm getting so much better. But though. if you have your chart up here, you know, you know, if you know where your Chiron is, mm-hmm. I just want you to know you got options. You've um, got options <laughs> rather than killing. Um, <laughs> it, oh yeah, and with with the twelfth house, it could be like a health issue with the feet. So I don't. Maybe she has athlete's foot. In Maybe jail. you know Maybe her she... legs might, her you know her bottom half of the body might have an issue. I'm gonna go issue. ahead and speculate that someone took her shower shoes and <laughs> she they're like this bitch sucks. We're taking her shower shoes and she got a mad case of it. And we're talking foot. about all of this. I mean, it just makes you more prone to things. Like she'd be more <laughs> prone to uh, these health issues that I'm mentioning. Um, and I'm just taking it to a really and, strange Yeah, place. it doesn't need to be too literal, but yes. Okay. I want it to be. Um, all right, so then she's also got this Leo Stellium Square Saturn. Um, and anything with a Saturn involvement can put stress on a placement, especially okay. if it's a square, which is Bad. a conflicting... Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> conflicting aspect. Uh, this is like a feeling where... Uh, there's always, it feels like there's always a force repressing her. Um, it can mm. really bring lower frequency feelings like anxiety, uh, a lot of feeling of restriction, um, kind of like, like sh- she should be less of herself maybe, especially because she's got all this Leo energy just wanting to like burst out and then her, um, cold, like less, um, 
enthusiastic ascendant, kind of like pushing down her personality as well. Uh, a lot of feelings mm-hmm. of being overburdened, depressed. And that's how she viewed being a mother. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. she saw motherhood is like, yep. this is in my way. This mm-hmm. is keeping me from accomplishing what I want, which is getting with Nick with a K who doesn't know I exist. <laughs> um, so yeah, she totally saw her life that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And then uh, I would assume that this is this is based off of her relationship with her father in some way. Hmm. Um, just based off of how it's lighting up on there. Um, there's also, I had another note that I made last minute, I think, about that. Last minute notes. Um, so this is in her ninth house. It's in Scorpio, uh, the Saturn placement. Uh, Juno is also over there. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but since she was in this religious school, um, I'm assuming she felt very restricted in the religious school. Oh, the ninth yeah. house is a lot about spirituality and, and religion. Um, and if you have uh, Saturn there, I mean, you're going to have a lot of issues mm. with that. And then Scorpio uh, with um, that there and Juno there. And then she has Neptune in the eighth house, which also affects her sexuality. Um, I oh. could very much see her feeling the pressure of being overly structured and very, you know, um, yeah. this force of repression. Um really creating an environment where she's just going to try to flip that energy on its head being in Scorpio and be very um sexual and intense and um defiant defiant Uh, Neptune in the eighth house can also show a lot of deception in someone Hmm. um a lot of tendencies for deception um a lot of interesting sexuality intense sexuality um yeah and also with this in her, uh, just a side note. Ooh, I, uh, I like the look on your face I was right like, I, oh, do I want to mention this now this or later? This is going to be juicy. Okay, I so. <laughs> I think I mentioned this you already. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, so Neptune in the 8th house. Whenever, whenever's in your 8th house, um, kind of gives hints at how you'll, at your death. Oh, yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah, so her having Neptune in the 8th house, um, however she dies, will probably be initially in a mysterious way. So it'll be like, some some weird thing happens and we're not quite sure what happened and then we have to figure out how she died it'll be kind of like a mysterious mm. type of death um it might not be forever mysterious we might figure it out but at least initially it'll be it's gonna be mysterious. confusing it's gonna mm-hmm. be weird she and... also has juno in the eighth house so uh, it could be have something to do with a commitment or um like a marriage or something i don't know but neptune is the big one you want to look at for interesting um all right back to my original notes yeah um so i have fun theories on that that we won't get into because they're very stupid and (laughs) also completely untrue and not fact-based whatsoever perfect just my own fun ideas of uh commissary self-poisoning and weird shit that nobody oh yeah we had some ideas like um i was also (laughs) saying earlier that like uh, Neptune in the eighth house, they should be careful of not um, accidentally poisoning themselves because mm-hmm. you have um, Neptune is kind of like escapism. You know, people are looking towards drugs and alcohol and things like that. Oh yeah, the bad prison hooch mm-hmm. theory. Yeah, that, that was, was the my, other. That was my joke earlier. Um, so <laughs> I was saying that like um, you know she could mm-hmm. she could accidentally be poisoned through 
um, get alcohol poisoning or a drug overdose or accidentally poison herself in some other way, mysterious way. Um, but then we, I was thinking, well, in prison, you know, what is she going to get at? Yeah, like, something like in some commissary prison or prison hooch, yeah. which is... Some poisoned prison hooch, maybe? <sighs> she overdoes it. She over ferments <laughs> that toilet wine and... <laughs> I don't want to think about it anymore. It's, it's fucked up. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So next I was going to say, um, there is a grand shrine to her Ash Weenie, uh, Aries Moon, and Palace. And uh, Palace is about um, kind of like this fatherly sense of structure. It's not, it's similar to like a Saturn idea, but it's, it's, it's a smaller placement and it's more about like decision making. Like, you're wanting okay. to use, like, an inner wisdom to make decisions. Like, sound okay. decisions. That sounds um, good. <laughs> where, where Saturn is more, like, structure, discipline, do things the right way, you know. So, it's a little bit, like, different type of practicality. Um, so, with this, it, it can be... She's very prone to uh, violent and emotional decision-making. <laughs> um, especially related to... I think this this probably came from her relationship to her mother in some way. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about her relationship yeah, with her mother or what that was like. My cat. There's a cat that's about to climb a ladder right now, and I'm living for it. So. I'm debating if I need to go deal with it. I feel like she's got it under control. I know, but she'll hop up in the... Oh, she's going to, like, basically live in the ceiling. Uh, that's fine. Okay. She's uh, really thinking about I'm it. going to... No, she's going to knock the ladder over. I got it. Yeah, got we... It. Intervention! <laughs> so, here's where I just really want to sing that Duran Duran song, but I'm not going to. If I don't cut this out, this is my cat. Hi. Yeah. She's really she, sweet. She's, she's very, very sweet. explorative, you know. She okay. wants to do cat stuff. She's like an Aquarius. <laughs> uh, she's actually she's, she's actually an Aries. She's not like she doesn't have cat-like detachment. I think that she's a very warm like. Yeah, she's more a, like a dog energy. I, don't I actually have her chart. <gasps> you do pet charts? I could. We are doing Barley's <laughs> chart fucking immediately. Okay, oh yeah, that'll be that'll God. be another uh, extra video. <laughs> or just like the. The best day of my life. That's what I want to know. My child, my dog child. My, my friend, my friend has. Um, I got it for her. It's an astrology like cat book, but I think I think you could find one on dogs. I I need one that's just dachshunds because <laughs> that's really my my main focus. Okay, so next I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, her south node and her north node, which is her life path. Yay, right, so South Node is where you're coming from. Hers is in Gemini in the fourth house. It's a tri it's trying her ascendant in Neptune. Um it's it's really like excuse me again. So when you have your South Node in this placement, this is where I have my South Node. Um <laughs> Uh-oh. I know. We have a similar life path, which is just great. That scares um, me. <laughs> the rest of our charts completely different. <laughs> Uh, I have a feeling you're gonna do better with your life path. And yeah, I don't Diana. have I don't have a, the aggression and issues like she does. So yeah. anyway, so we have um, this placement is like you're not accepted in your early life community. Um, oh. It is kind of like this feeling like you are like 
you're a young kid and you know everybody's having a great time at home and in their little um, neighborhood and everyone's playing and stuff but then you're just not accepted as you get older um you're seen as like too like, much or like too this outcast. or too that like an outcast thing yes. okay um and then throughout your life you're meant to leave that place and you're outgrowing it basically okay. um and you're kind of like ascending into this like newer and better life where you find acceptance for yourself amongst oh. other communities and um like rising above the situation so like really coming into your own and, and finding into freedom your personhood and, yeah yeah okay um liberation so, and it, it can really create these cravings of oh no of freedom and it can also hers is in the uh her north node is in sagittarius in the 10th house uh it's trying pluto Lilith is there too. I forgot to mention that as I started talking. Um, so this it creates this feeling, this the craving for freedom, and it also is an indicator of fame. Um, Ooh. With tenth house, it's That's kind of big. like your reputation, your career. Okay. Um, also with Will, with uh, Lilith there and the Pluto aspect, she's really willing to. Um, she finds self empowerment through this, and okay. she's willing to manipulate situations. Uh, into her favor. Mm. So that captures the <laughs> essence of Diane Downs. Yep. And when it, wherever your North Node is, it's something that you, it's this energy that you just can't stop striving for. She can't stop, won't stop talking <laughs> about the fucking situation with her yeah. children. And, and her Leo uh, energy with this and her, she's got like a, a lot of fire on her chart here. Like she is just like going for it. She's yeah. like, you know, Oh, she truly is. She like, was ignited and then, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's weird to watch. It's so uncomfortable to mm. watch her, especially with that police reenactment where she's like giggling and giddy and like fixing her makeup and like talking about, we got to wear this sling. Like, bitch, your children are either dead or paralyzed. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like she's, it's beyond. <laughs> it's, I can't fathom. You've got to see it. You've okay, got to see, see. it. Uh, I'm also going to pull... Okay, here we go. I'm going to talk about her Ceres placement. This is another asteroid, guys. Um, Ceres is in retrograde on her chart in Capricorn. Um, so Ceres is is about uh, like what you need to feel loved and this really like motherly, oh, yeah, maternal yeah. kind of loving energy. Um, it's kind of like your foundation for love. It's like a base love. Okay. Um, like if this is aspected well in your chart, you're going to have... Kind of like this feeling like, okay, everything's okay. Like, um, even if somebody was mean to me today, like, I just have this really sense, this, like, calm, deep like, sense of love. Like a self-soothing yeah, type of, of a yeah. placement. Yeah, yeah soothing is, is a nice word Interpretation for of, of that. So hers is in retrograde, so it's not, again, whenever mm. everything is in retrograde, it makes it um, not really doing its normal job. It's kind of on vacation from its normal job. It's more reflective. Okay. Uh, like you go on vacation and you kind of reflect on your life and whatever. Um, like that's kind of the idea. So this ref more reflective series placement is like really not going to feel content in Capricorn. Um, Capricorn is, again, it's like ruled by Saturn. It's like very structured, discipline, um, mean old dad feeling all right the patriarch definitely like um capricorn's very like goal oriented okay um very practical 
Like, it's not really a... It's the opposite of Cancer, which is the most maternal energy. Okay. And so for Ceres to be there, it is a, a weird placement for Ceres to be. It's not a comfortable place for that to be. Uh, there hmm. are quincunxes from that to her Leo stellium. Um, so this is... She doesn't have that feeling of that base love. Like, she doesn't okay. experience that. It is a block. It's not a conflict. It's not a challenge. It's just a block. She doesn't have it. Like, she... Okay. Um, she's she, accurate. And she her. might... She probably can't express it either. So, I, I don't... I see a lot of issues uh, with her not being motherly with that. That's an understatement. But, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. And then I also pulled her life path number. This is the last thing I'll do... Unless we want to pull the chart of the murder, but I think we're, we've covered a lot yeah, of her Yeah, I think chart. we've... Yeah. Okay. So, these... So, her... Okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I should introduce the idea of a life path number. Uh, yeah, because I actually yeah. don't know what that means. Yeah. I hope so mine this is, is seven. This is really numerology. <laughs> I'll do yours right after this. I really hope it's seven. I'll do... <laughs> I... Seven! Okay. Okay. She has the same life path number as me, too. Fuck! We don't have that much in common. I'm just pointing out the things that happen to be in common, okay? Okay. Okay, so life path number eight. Um, this is the idea of someone who grows up with a lot of obstacles and uh, challenges. Okay. Um, in any form, really. It could be, like, emotional challenges or, like, physical challenges, like, financial challenges. But you grow up really facing, like... Hmm. a challenge at every step of the way. It's like you don't really get... You're not cut a break uh, mm. until midway through life. So you hit, um, like, midway through life, and then you can either really, like, blossom into the success or let all of the stress from the previous challenges bring you down the depths. And fucking and, eat you alive. Yes. Okay. I, I really <laughs> relate hard to that and feel like maybe so that maybe is, your life I really feel like that's probably, um, I mean, people talk about life path eight when people give really positive things, um, you know, life path eight can be really great. It can show like a lot of success cause you learned from all your challenges earlier in life. Um, it can really show like wealth later in life. Like it can, okay. it can, you have good management and organizational skills you can become very tough and persistent. Um, you can learn how to maintain a balance in life. You can understand causes and consequences because you went through all of these challenges early on. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like you learned your lessons the first half, and then you can either thrive or die in the second half. Okay. Um, a lot of playful, on the flip side, can also end up homeless with this life path number. They can end mm -hmm. up with uh, serious life uh, challenges because they we're not willing to overcome them in some way, okay. which is, this is, that's a touchy way to word it, but that's it's kind gonna of It's going to go great idea. for you, or it's going to go really fucking wrong, yeah, but it's, based on But you have the potential with this life path to really soar if you can hmm. tough it out. Okay. Uh, so that's another, like, a big idea with the life path that you just I really like bet I'm in this. I, I would almost <laughs> bet money that I'm... That this is I mean, you totally could. I, I relate check. to it I so hard, and now I'm going to be disappointed if I'm not. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. All right. Um, you can look up how to... It's really easy to fail into your life path number, by the way. Um, it's, cool. You just got to make sure you do the math right, basically. Oh, no. Yeah, I was what like, oh, I'm going to say that. Math, she's and gonna... then I'm on a totally wrong life path. I can't live with myself. Okay, so... <laughs> 
here are uh, some weaknesses I thought were interesting to mention. Um, you know, is that they must be careful not to abuse their power because it can have serious mm. and negative consequences. Um, it's uh, you must really learn to wait for your success, otherwise, there's just such a risk of failure. Uh, like I was saying, um, there's. I was really wondering about her financial situation throughout all oh, this reading. Oh, yeah. It's not really talked about. Because of her second house and all that. I'd be curious to find that. I can speculate on the fact that she's a single mother and her job is a postal right. worker. Like, I feel like postal workers make a decent wage, but when mm-hmm. you're supporting four people on that yeah. income, I can't imagine that it was a... Uh, you know, very right. They weren't big spenders. They weren't living a lavish lifestyle. Watch her write a book later and make a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So oh, she... God, <laughs> I don't think she got shit for the made-for-TV movie. Good. Farrah Fawcett made money. I hope so. Yeah, she she should have it because she has great hair. Um, but yeah, uh, they can also think highly of themselves, and they can be moody and picky. Um, accidents and health problems can slow down their development. Um, so there's just a lot of things I thought were really tying in with her life path as well. I haven't looked up the life paths of the other people, but I might keep doing it. Yeah. It's kind of a fun little if you like extra the life general path, thing. Let us know if mm-hmm. you find that interesting. Mm-hmm. I definitely did. I, I learned a lot today. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did too. I had a lot of fun looking at her chart. <laughs> yes, I was excited about it. So are we... Did we finish her chart? Is she? Yeah, I'm good. I'm you guys. Good. I touched on pretty much all the little notes I took. I mean, I could keep talking, but we are at time. Yeah, we are <laughs> at time. Y'all, that was that was Diane Downs. I, that was a really uh, wild story. We have a really crazy story coming next week. We're not going to spoil it for you. We're not going to tell you what it is. No. But we are going to tell you that it is a... Uh, almost unfathomable situation um so please tune in for that you won't want to miss it um again stay connected with us make sure you subscribe like follow instagram facebook patreon all the things other platforms eventually um and then that's all i've got today do you have anything else to add if I did, I forgot. Well, we <laughs> forgot anything else we were going to talk about. So, you guys, you're awesome. Keep being awesome. Love yourselves. Do what you need to do for yourself. And thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm.